0: Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay Jury, Jury. Daily, Daily. Dot com. Dot com. Nailed it!
1: The half look at you. Well, you got blue teeth, and you only got two teeth, but I kinda like to see you
0: Alright, everybody, welcome back to the Jury Daily Takeover with the Young Family Podcast crew. It's your boy E Young, and I'm joined as always by my co-host,
1: the TBC.
0: What's up, TBC? What's up? Feeling refreshed? Yeah. You just had yourself the old 10 p.m. nap, didn't you?
1: Yeah, it's like 11:30 right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's timestamp the recording of this episode and now.
1: I'm supposed uh, to be asleep. Wh-
0: hold on. <laughs> Why did you have a nap at 10 p.m. tonight?
1: Well, who we put had, you
0: down for your nap?
1: <laughs> well, listen, we had a late, a late evening, evening yeah, and. You know, I normally I take these precious moments with my child at you know, at night to to put him to sleep. And Mm. tonight today, I was just so exhausted and he was just like so wired. Right, right. I think he put me to sleep. (laughs) He was like rubbing my back like I do for him and like singing me a song and like the next thing I I know. (laughs) when you finally came in to get me I was like oh my gosh why is it so late?
0: Which by the way I had to literally break into the room to do so because Carolyn was so passed out like drool on the pillow style passed out. Well
1: we had to lock the door because Jackson (laughs) kept running out tonight. He was like so wired we were like no you have to stay in here. It's like time to sleep. Jackson
0: by the way is our oldest. He's the one that you hear at the beginning of each episode and he's about three years old right now. He's a a little older than three uh so he's just in a a very interesting age where he's doing things like that where tonight when we thought that we had him asleep and it was already well past his normal bedtime he bursts out of the room and bolts into the kitchen and so we had He's a
1: very good stalling stage right now right so but anyways,
0: we we had to lock both doors and then Carolyn passes out on the inside. I have no access from the outside. So I had to disassemble the lock of one of the doors in order to get it in, in, in order to retrieve Carolyn to bring her into the booth so that we could do this podcast right now. So
1: I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. All
0: right. About to hit it. Um, that is parenthood in a nutshell right there. <laughs> Uh, anyway, on to non-parenthood things. Things that are going on in the world at large. I mean, it really begins and ends with Game of Thrones, yes, doesn't it? Yes. All right?
1: Big, big topics right now. Lots of people talking about Game of Thrones.
0: Sorry, I think my lip trill <laughs> <like> went over <laughs> the top of everything you were just saying. Yes, there's lots of people talking about Game of Thrones. Lots of
1: people upset with Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, yeah, there are. Why?
1: Why are they so upset?
0: Well, the big criticism that I've been hearing, and again, for just quick context, obviously, you all are probably familiar uh, or aware that the finale took place this last Sunday. Here we are midweek. Everyone is still shucking and jiving about it for sure. Um, Why is everyone so upset? Okay, the big criticism that I've heard, also, hold on, pumping the brakes again, Carolyn and I have never seen an episode. Confession. Sorry, (laughs) guys. We don't think that that makes us any better or worse than you. It's a simple statement of fact. We've never seen an episode, but yet we continue to live and exist as humans. So we know about Game of Thrones and we hear things. Carolyn, the number one criticism that I've heard since the finale was uh, that the entire last season was rushed. Have you heard that?
1: Yes, my mom is a huge, huge fan, mm. and I guess I, I, yeah, I guess like they basically took like I don't know, it was like eight episodes, and they yeah. made them longer, yeah, but just like made a lot of things happen, a lot of character arcs change and alter, and
0: yeah, I guess it just, I don't see the reason why a shorter amount of time would make writers have to completely reverse the arcs <laughs> of some characters. Well, and, and I think that that's why some people are upset because they've been led to believe this one thing about a character for years and years and years and years, and it's the the, the foundational cores of their characters where all of a sudden just flipped on a dime. Again, this is right, all and just why, me hearing and why secondhand. would you do
1: that? Why would you take, you know, seven seasons you know, with this like slow transition and like all this like development and mm. then on the last season just be like just kidding.
0: Right. I see what you're saying. And because of a lack of time, those those complete role reversals would just have to take place so seemingly well, it's like suddenly.
1: What, with like you with like breaking bad. Like mm. you think that breaking bad is like the perfect, the show. perfect show because perfect story. even though he kinda started off good and yes. then transitioned to uh bad, bad it was so gradual, you had time to kind of, like, adapt and accept mm-hmm. the changes mm-hmm. and still appreciate the the show and the character change.
0: Right. But from and, what I, and furthermore, you appreciate him even when he's bad. You're like, yeah, but, like, I know him. I know the reason why he's bad. But anyway, I cut you off mid-thought.
1: Well, no, but I'm, but now with, like, Game of Thrones, it's like, you know, people are, are huge fans with the show, obsessed with the show, and then they have... No time to really process it. And now the show is just, like, over. And I feel there's, like, so much question, like, why? Like, why would you do this to us? You know, people are naming their children after, like, the main character. Yes, yes. And there's, like, a petition that went around with, like, over a million signatures that basically said... Is it over a million now? Yes. Like, we are so upset with the way that the season is going. We want you to know that we're upset, and we want you to... To you know, to redo the you know the ending, though, the, let alone this season, which I know is not going to happen. But so
0: so people that have watched have animosity. I think that it's fair to say it, it, it ranges. There's a range from of emotions that I have observed, and it range it ranges from uh, pure animosity <laughs> for the writers, and those are like the petition signers, and then it's just basic like. Um, I don't want to say indifference, because people do care, but they're basically, they were just like bored with the finale, uh, or the, the last season, in comparison to the rest of Game of Thrones body of work that was so stellar and the best television of all time, apparently. But is it
1: because there was no book? To like write that movie off of
0: an interesting theory. Better question for the people that we are talking to right now that are listening, or that are
1: fans <laughs> of the of the show.
0: Yeah, if you're fans of the show, fans of the book, uh, you know what? Go ahead. Let's open up the floodgates. Give us all your thoughts on GOT. Let uh, in fact let me let me put a small filter on that, or maybe this is a huge filter. But these are the things that I want to know. Why do you think that the producers and writers chose to format the final season the way that they did? That was, quote-unquote, rushed. So, less episodes, but longer episodes uh, as the format for the final season. Why? Don't great television shows normally take their time? Or great sagas in general, even like uh, movie trilogies and whatnot? Sometimes uh, they'll take the third if it were like a book trilogy and right it into two parts. They'll take that final movie and they'll break it up into two movies. so you know, just to really let the final installment really of that it. saga breathe, right? Maybe a little bit of milking, but also letting it breathe like, so that there is well, then you then there's want like no want for rush. nothing. Yeah, right. Uh, so why did writers, producers of GOT decide to basically do the opposite? All right? Here is the other question that I really want to know, and go ahead and write it like it's hot, baby, to jurydaily@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Is Game of Thrones the GOAT? Is it the greatest show of all time? That's what I want to know, because I think that before this final season, it was a runaway favorite, best television show of all time. Now, after this You know, depending on how you look at it, a disastrous final season, what did that do for its legacy?
1: I would say no. Even though I've never watched it, I'm going to say it's not the greatest show of all time. Because you have so... (laughs) Because
0: you have a valid opinion on the matter. Of Of course! Wait, all right, so but why? For someone who's never watched, why?
1: Because there is so much... Like, there's just so many fans that are upset. Yeah. And for that reason... I would say it's not, because you kind of want, in my opinion, if you're a fan of the show, Mm -hmm. you want to be like, I did not waste the last 10 years of my life, I've appreciated this show, I've loved this show, and you want to end on that high note.
0: I'm going to say that I agree with you that if you are going to carry the title of best television show of all time and be this epic saga that goes down in history, that you should have... A finale that left people, you know, in a standing ovation. However, um, I will say that it is not uncommon for great shows, especially really dense stories like Game of Thrones... Uh, with all of these characters and complexities and everything, the world was just gigantic that they had created. Uh, it's it's challenging. There's a track record for shows like that uh, having a difficult time resolving themselves in a way that satisfies everyone. It, it, this is my question again to the listeners: Email us at jurydaily@gmail.com. At is G O T the goat? Is it still the goat? Has it always been the goat? Give us your goat perception on Game of Thrones. And with that, TBC, we are getting into the news. All right, so today's article comes from the DailyMail.com US edition this time, uh, one of our favorite news outlets. Uh, it says, Amazon's Alexa and Apple's Siri are sexist, in all caps, <laughs> because its female voice reinforces the idea that women are subservient, claims the UN. So the, <laughs> the final part of that um, title is what kind of throws me off. It's like the UN is doing research on this, the United Nations. So like, you know... In in my other career, which is as a educational tour director, when we go to Washington D.C. and we're talking about the United Nations, uh, or in New York City, uh, we're like, "Hey, United Nations, it's here to prevent world wars from breaking out." That's like the that was like the original purpose for the United Nations. Now, guess what? We haven't had any world wars since the 40s right like you know haven't had a world war three technically um so i guess they're doing their job <laughs> and what they do in their downtime is uh research things like this and publish pieces that the daily mail just scoops right up so alexa it's the in-home ai assistant right you say yeah. alexa do my thing and then alexa can help you with it um Do you think that because Alexa has a female voice that this reinforces sexist ideas, TBC?
1: Oh, I mean, can't we just say it's just a nice voice? Like, a woman is just like a nice voice. Like, you know, if I say, Siri, you know, what's the weather like? And she's like, oh, it's 72 and it's, you know, going to rain.
0: Right, right. Rather than
1: being like, it's going to rain. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey. Hey, it's raining, yeah, you know, hey, I'm Theo from the South Bronx, it's raining outside, make sure you bring your poncho.
1: I mean, that would scare me.
0: (laughs) So can't we... Or if I'm
1: on like, if like, I I just want to say it's just a nice, it's just a nice voice.
0: What I think you're saying is that can't we all agree that there are voices with better aesthetic qualities than others? Yes. Yes. And it's kind of, well, perhaps there is a group of people out there that would say, objectively, women have more aesthetically pleasing voices than men. Because there are these objective qualities to it. Uh, you know, the, the frequency at which women speak might be more pleasant to the ear. Like you said, uh, perhaps sometimes it, it, it just, uh, the, t- the timbre of the voice is softer, right? Uh, so yeah. these qualities, objectively, scientifically, more pleasant to listen to than that of a man's. Like, could we frame the case that way and not really go down this route of it being perceived as sexist right and and we want uh uh, you know a woman to serve us even with our our techno our in-home technology um i think i have a solution for alexa
1: is there a way to kind of choose i mean i think that in some places you can choose what type of like voice is your gps
0: correct gps yes alexa no because then it wouldn't be alexa that like alexa is alex you, you, you might have an Alex right? Which guess what is a gender neutral name. And you also told me that uh, some of these uh, AI assistants are uh, thinking that's their next move is like, we're just going to make a gender neutral name with a gender neutral voice. And I think that is where they're going to have the difficulty. That's what they're toiling over right now. How do you make a voice gender neutral? I think we're going to find out in the near future, because that's totally what they're going to do. They're, I they're, agree. They're gonna It they're,
1: definitely is interesting.
0: Yeah, because they don't they don't want all this hot water. They just wanna sell some Alexas. Let's move on to emails. Email! TBC, I wanna start with this one because I know we're just going to hammer this out of the park. It is right in our wheelhouse. It comes from David Kay, and he goes, Hi, Eric and Carolyn. We recently celebrated our son's first birthday. Talking about some hashtag parenthood here. At the same time, we announced that we're having baby number two.
1: Congratulations.
0: Congratulations! Way to go, David Kay. Um, anyway, uh, they, uh, they announced that they are having baby number two in November of 2019. What advice do you have for preparing for and living with two little babies and still maintaining a sane lifestyle? All right. So Good question. Uh like I said, excellent question. This is like the uh, this is the core of the Young Family Podcast. So, let's try and summarize our life in the response to this one email TBC. What's the first thing that pops into your head in response to David K?
1: My first uh, response is kind of start, I mean, your child is is one. So, I mean, they're still young enough that they'll be able to, to adjust. But I think almost like start talking to them now about like the baby mm-hmm. that's coming. Maybe get them a baby doll. Get them excited about the baby. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. One might be. I mean, like, with, with ours, I mean, our kids are exactly two years apart.
0: And they're going to have a similar age difference, too.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. They'll like, be I mean, about
0: like, two-ish years apart.
1: Yeah, so I think that for us, we try to prepare our son as much as possible, getting him excited as much as possible.
0: One key phrase, your baby. we kept on telling him like you are gonna have a baby in this house yes and it's your baby and he's like my baby well and I don't know (laughs) and so that got him really jacked up about it
1: well he definitely was excited and we watched um Daniel Tiger Mm -hmm. the the show and there's an episode that kind of introduces when Daniel gets his sister that's right and that's also a really great show to watch but um so um,
0: get, get the oldest kid on board. Give yes. them ownership in the situation. Uh, maybe not literally like the way that we did, but like, you know, figurative ownership that like, you know, you're about to have this uh, little sis- sister or brother, uh, new addition to the family, and like it is going to be a huge thing for you as well. So like, aren't you excited?
1: Yeah, and then I feel that once you know they're here. You know, like a gift from you know from the baby is always good, and like understand that it is going to be a change. It's going to be a change for everyone, for you as parents, for um your you know your current child, and it's okay. I mean, like and but I would try to utilize your child as much as possible, like. Let them be a helper. Just h- help them to feel as empowered as possible. Right. to Even help if them. they're
0: if they're actively making things worse while trying to help. Yes, and just like <laughs> stay them.
1: stay patient with them as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I think also in the beginning, it's important that you give them individual time too. So, like either like if the you know if if um you know the the mom has the baby, then like you take. Um, you know the oldest to do an activity and then like vice versa make sure that that she still gets mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that individual time
0: and my big advice can be summarized in one word communication communication i think that that's something that we have beat to death on the young family podcast and it is like overly communicate with one another about everything not even just what you're doing on a day-to-day or even a moment-to-moment basis to be keeping your partner abreast of what your plan is but i mean just in in general in life be communicating expectations of how you see things going on a grander more long-term more abstract sort of scale yeah um communicate, communicate, and communicate some more.
1: I would say my biggest thing, if I were to give one word, would be like teamwork. You know, like, you both are gonna have long days. You're both are gonna be exhausted. It is an adjustment, bringing a second kid into the world, especially when they're about two mm-hmm. years, or you know, or younger, mm-hmm. um, be patient with each other, do teamwork, help each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have help, in laws, friends, family who can bring you food, can, you know, can give you some time. Take that help. Take that help. Um, Make sure that you still do occasional date nights, even if it's just outside with a glass of wine with, you know, the monitors in front of you. You need (laughs) to have. Lower
0: the standards of date night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: But you need to have that time with your spouse to kind of um, be able to breathe. My other thing is give your spouse. a break and vice versa for, for you. Um, you need to make sure that both of you have time to kind of rejuvenate and
0: breaks are so clutch. And, and um, yes, yes, not yes, go crazy, develop a system as soon as possible because there definitely is, like, you know, that uh, post birth stage where like things are just so nuts and the you know when you have like that newborn baby infant that like the breaks might not be realistic right away but like as soon as you get into some sort of a flow and a routine as a family prioritize breaks, like Carolyn said, for both you and your partner. Um, this is one just little random thing, and then we can move on. Uh, I really like that conversation I had with a friend of mine who's got some kids that are older than ours but similar age differences. And I liked when he was like um, – I took a very professional approach um, to family management and, uh, and parenthood in that he and his wife would just straight up have like quick meetings – like as if they were like working on a project together at work and he would just like check in check and just in, be like yeah. hey like so how are you doing on this what can i do to help you uh that's it those two things
1: yeah because those our two questions hormones after birth are crazy
0: yeah and even after things settle down meetings those those like those uh, you know the the partner meetings how are you doing what can i do to help
1: I mean we could go on and on but just if if you want if you Oh, want, if you're, oh we have
0: ch- TBC. Check
1: out our <laughs> check out our podcast cuz I think it's um it might be very interesting for you. It's
0: pretty robust with you in having, fact. yeah. If you go back through the catalog of Young Family podcast um then you can you can find a lot of gold. Um TBC, how can the listeners find us?
1: For the Young Family podcast, I can go to bit.ly Slash Young Family Podcast All Lowercase.
0: Go ahead and keep the emails coming to jurydaily at gmail.com for the TBC and myself. We are signing off for this evening. Deuces until next time. And bye! bye. hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)